Welcome, this is Nutaku, where we talk things anime and manga. We are not experts or gatekeepers. We're just fans trying to share our love with you. Feel free to interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at NutakuCast, or email us questions and requests at Nutaku2019 at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and please subscribe and share. I am Jim. And I'm Frank. Welcome, Frank. Thanks, Jim. I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me. This is our big best of winter 2020 episode. But I think it's about time we give something away to our listeners. But we're not going to tell you this week. We'll tell you next week. I like it. A little tease. You know, something's coming up, something big, but we don't want to reveal it quite yet. Hopefully it's a vaccine for COVID-19. Uh, that would shoot us straight to the top. We'd probably be the number one podcast. In the whole world. <laughs> and they would be like, these guys are the ones who came up with it? And we'll be like, yeah, what does that mean? Discovered through <laughs> Skype problems, which we were having earlier. Yes, always fun learning new things, right? No. No, it's not. How was your week? Uh, my week was completely fine. I've been watching Band of Brothers with my brother, which is a series on HBO that came out a while ago. I thought it had come out like 10 years ago. It came out in like 2001. Uh, still very good. Holds up. It's about World War II. Easy company. Very bro show to watch, but, uh, it is very well done. And, uh, I've been baking a lot. I've been doing a lot of bread, which I think is, uh which is a common thing now with uh, everything going on. So that's pretty much been my two um, time wasters. What about you? Frank, you're proving, last week you proved with Animal Crossing, and this week you're proving that you're making bread, that you're very normie, that you do like what the trend is, Frank. Damn, wow, okay. <laughs> well, I'm pickling too. I started pickling. I should mention that. That's not normal, I don't think. What What did you pickle? I have, uh, like, um, cucumber spear things in a jar right now. I did that yesterday. I found pick 
doing onions and carrots and things like that to be more rewarding than cucumbers. I think the cucumber texture gets a little screwed up in the pickle process. See, but the thing is, with me, pickles are like, I eat them normally, but then, like, everything else that seems to be, like, into that, like, in that hobby, like, you know, like you had said, onions and things like that, I typically don't eat them pickled, so I, I don't have as much of a desire to go towards that. But somebody else had said the same thing, so maybe I'll try that out. That's funny, because my wife is also in your camp, and I like, or the opposite of your camp. She likes only things that are pickled that aren't cucumbers, so... Huh. What, to each his own, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what are you? So what back, have you been up to, though? Back to the bread. This is all going to tie in nicely, actually. Okay. Back to the bread. I didn't want to be a normie and just make bread like everybody else is doing. <laughs> I like to switch it up a little bit. So I started, I made my own pizza crusts this week. Oh, all right. Cool. So you're making pizza or just pizza crusts? Just the crust. I'm just I'm using it as a pillow. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's that's great. I mean, maybe the next step you should take is is to actually make the pizza. That might be good. Yeah, I made I made a cheese pizza, which was delicious, homemade sauce and everything. And then I did that with like a basic recipe that I got from like my family. And then I split the dough in half. So I have another batch of dough which I kept in the fridge. I did this on Friday. Kept it in the fridge. And last night at 5 p.m., I took it out of the fridge. It's sitting on top of my refrigerator to let it grow some more and ferment. So I'm going to make it again tonight and see, test the difference between both doughs and see how it goes. Ooh. So did you think you learned anything from the first batch that you're now going to use in this second batch in terms of like, because I know like the oven and everything is a whole, a whole beast in itself. I, I think the oven itself worked pretty well. Uh, I got a stone. So I'm cooking it on a pizza stone. Um, I don't have cornmeal, and cornmeal is pretty essential to keeping it from sticking to the stone. So I used a parchment paper and flour, and it tends to be a little too dusty, which I guess I could just use less flour or dust it off before, before I stretch it out. But it was fun. It's a good experience. It's really quick, and it's a really great meal. Hmm. Maybe that's what I'll do this week then, move away from the bread like the true normie that I am. No, 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 because now all of a sudden that's going to become a trend and I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm too cool for school. I'm hipster. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm sure you were wearing like your Ray-Bans and shit like that as you were making it and just kneading the dough and smoking cigs, unfiltered, obviously. Frank, I have Ray-Bans and a beard already. I've already, I already fit the, all I'm missing is a flannel. <laughs> well, then there you go. Maybe uh, put them on next time and, and you'll feel even more too cool for school. Another tie-in to what you were talking about. I watched 1917, the film that I predicted would win the Academy Award for Best Picture, and I was wrong. Quite famously, too, in in the uh, realm of our podcast. Yes. Very stressful film, Frank. Could you see this? I did. I saw it uh, a month or two ago, and I, I agree. It is very stressful. The first 20 minutes are intense, man. That's when they're they're going through the trenches, right? That's just yeah, just the beginning. Yeah. From when they get to the British trench and then they go into the old German trench. Serious business. It is definitely serious business. And if I recall correctly, the whole movie is kind of like that. It seems like it's almost like one journey from start to finish. Like it's it's all like a day or something. Yeah, it's supposed to be I believe it's supposed to be twenty four hours. He has to get there by forty eight hours. 
hours, I believe. Mm. So, but I do have, of course, I have problems with it. It's a very, <laughs> very intense film. I found it very entertaining. It was under two hours, which is perfect for me. Mm -hmm. But I do have a problem with, like, if you watch an American war movie about the history of America in wars, we don't always look like heroes, you know? Yeah. And I think that stems from press exposure from Vietnam. Because we didn't look so great after Vietnam. Nah. So Brits always portray themselves as if they are so heroic and noble, and they always make the right choices, and they're always so great, everything they do is so great. It was like, it, it kind of it, it cheesed it up a little bit too much for me. And I did, like, the Brits do have a history of doing shitty things in wars. All you have to do is look into the Boer Wars of South Africa. They did some pretty shitty stuff. But they never, it's all about the British and the stiff upper lip. Hip, hip, hit a four, hit a two. I did find it fascinating, though. There is there is moments where he's, like, talking, I think in the very beginning, when they're, like, trying to talk to various soldiers and stuff like that, and they are very, like, nonchalant about the whole thing. Where they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, you can go over there, and, uh, you know, you'll probably die, but that'll be all right. You just kind of crawl right. right over. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> sure. But my Nutaku ranking for this film is must-watch. It was very entertaining. I agree. Must-watch. Yeah, no, it is, it is very entertaining, and it doesn't feel that long at all like you said it's not really but it is it's at no point do i remember being like is this almost over yeah it was pretty intense so yeah it kind of ended and i was like huh yeah. so they teased him putting his hand cutting his hand and putting it in that corpse but he didn't get sick i was surprised by that oh yeah that's right okay yeah when because they make such a big deal he like cuts his hand on barbed wire and he's like bleeding, and they they like make an effort to show that he doesn't take care of it properly for a little bit. And then you're right, right. You, if there's like a corpse, and you're like, oh okay, so this dude's dead then. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a sweet decoy. They did a good job. They tricked me because you were expecting it to him to like have to lose an arm at some point. And uh, no, they did a pretty good job of that. Right, because I don't really know too much about anything really but i feel like if you have a huge gash across your hand and then stick your hand in a corpse it's probably not going to end well for you right right that's probably not a good idea nah. a rotted corpse <laughs> yeah exactly well i'm glad you liked it i i did enjoy it as well i did um ps4 had a free download of shadow of the colossus so i downloaded that have you played shadow of the colossus I, yes, I played it way back when, when it was on PlayStation 2, and I know they re-released yeah. it as a, like, you know, on PlayStation 4 as an extended director's, you know, updated version a month or a couple months ago. Yeah, I downloaded it uh, this weekend, so I'm going to bust into that at some point this week. Dude, that's good. I feel like you would love that game, and if I remember correctly, it's one of those games that's like 10 hours, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. I also made room for Final Fantasy VII. I got the pre-sale. Oh, nice. All right, we might be able to talk about that then, because I, I probably going to buy it as well. Yeah. They already got it in Australia, I believe. So stay off the internet if you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, which is crazy, because they I had read that. They got it, like, a week ago or something. So there's people who have already beaten the game twice now, and we haven't got it yet. Which is insane. Could you imagine sitting down and beating a game once and being like, let me do this again. Let me just do it. Well, it's a power. It's a nerd power move, for sure. You're like, oh, you yeah. haven't even uh, got the game yet? Because I beat it twice and unlocked all of the weapons. And you're like, oh, okay, cool, man. Big dickin'. <laughs> yeah. 
I had to delete Skyrim, Final Fantasy XV, and Dragon Quest to make room, though, so RIP to those games. Good games, though. Good games. Yeah, but they've had their... They had a good run. Yeah. Especially Skyrim. Yeah. I played that for years. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, WrestleMania happened this weekend. Did you catch any of it? I did not. I had I had read a couple of uh, articles that said it was an interesting one, though, and beyond that, I don't really know too much more. What about... But I'm sure you did, right? You're a big wrestling guy. I did. I watched it. I had no context going into it. Like, I did, I don't pay attention to WWE, but I watch wrestling. I watch the big shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was two nights in their practice facility in Florida with no crowd, which was absolutely surreal. And uh, I know this isn't a wrestling podcast, but I'll just run down stuff you should check out. Sure. And ranked, in my opinion, from bottom to best. And, of course, let's our buddies over at Ring Rust Radio, if you want to complete, if you want complete wrestling hot takes, go check them out. They'll have it midweek. But if you're going to check anything out from the bottom, best matches, everything that is not on this list, forget about it. It's terrible. The Raw's women t- Raw Women's Title Match, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler, was very good. The IC Title Match between Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, excellent. The Raw Women's Tag Team Title Match between the Kabuki Warriors and Bliss and Cross. You're going to see a trend. A lot of the women's matches on the show were very good. Mm-hmm. The SmackDown Women's Five-Way Championship between Bailey, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Lacey Evans, and Tamina was very good. The Firefly Funhouse match, which was a like career retrospect of John Cena in this like in this evil character, The Fiend's world, was excellent. It was ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Cool. The, the women's titles match, uh, the NXT women's title match between R- Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair was probably the best if you just were there for matches. It was probably the best match of the show. But by far, the best, most ridiculous thing I've seen in wrestling in a long time, especially WWE, is the Boneyard match between Undertaker and AJ Styles. Like, if you have to see anything that was on WrestleMania, sit down for 20 minutes and watch this. It is absolutely amazing stuff. Okay, I'll have to check that one out. I know they love to uh, roll out The Undertaker pretty much every WrestleMania now. Oh, boy, you are going to be blown away. Like, I was, like, mouth agape at times at how much fun it was. And it just reminded me that, like, WWE is in a certain type of thing. They're in a certain niche, and they perform things a certain way. But when they go outside of it, they have such a large production team and so much money that they could do a really good job of it, especially when they include the fans in on it. Like, it's like... A joke, you know what I mean? But it's serious business, right? But we know it's not real, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. My favorite thing about the WWE is exactly what you said. When I was super into it, the best thing was when they would do these crazy, wacky things. Like I remember when Braun Strowman, who was big at the time, this was like a year or two ago, they had this whole thing where he goes in the back and he's in the parking lot and he's, uh, you know, lifting up like ambulances and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just absolutely ridiculous, but it was so much fun. And that's how it should be. Like, it does not have to be serious. Yeah, he was Hulk smashing things. It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> All right, let's do some quick news. Okay. Because we got some stuff. And we got one, one particular item I'd like to talk to you about. Because um, we have a big episode, and it's going to be full of music and lots of fun, but it's going to be long. Mm-hmm. So stick with us. So R.I.P. Anime Next in Atlantic City. It's been canceled. Rest in peace. We were going to attend, but we never got an email back, did we? Yeah, so uh, 
I guess we haven't talked about this, but yeah, we have been trying to get into that show for a couple months now, and as with most uh, conventions, they are not the easiest people to work with, so I had only ever gotten like one or two messages back, and I was kind of going back and forth with people for a long period of time, and now I guess there's nobody to go back and forth with anymore, so we will not be attending that event. (laughs) I am trying to cancel my hotel which i got two nights at a hotel just so we can go to this thing Mm -hmm. and no one's answering the phone or emails so (laughs) (laughs) oh jeez well i'm sure eventually somebody will pick up i mean it it was not supposed to be until june right june June, yes uh, first weekend of june but uh yeah i went directly through their website i didn't use like hotels.com or anything like that and uh I want my money back, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't that cheap. Nah, I'm sure it's one of those things where they're just, like, bleeding money now. Because, especially with Atlantic City, like, there's so many people that are probably just canceling things. I'm often surprised at how expensive Atlantic City is. It should be dirt cheap to stay there. Like, there's nothing to do there except gamble. Yeah, if you've uh, never been to Atlantic City, I uh, I wouldn't really recommend it. It's fun. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> it's, you know, it was originally supposed to be the Las Vegas of the East Coast, and it, it has not aged well. Yeah, if you're going to, if you need to go to a uh, casino, just go to like a local one. Don't go to Atlantic City. No, don't. It's, it's, it's not great. All right, Frank, from Publishers Weekly, that's where I got this from. Ready? Yes. In the latest blow to direct market comic shops and to publishers, Diamond Comic Distributors, the largest distributor of comics in North America, announced that it will not pay publishers and other vendors this week. The distributor blames cash flow problems caused by disruptions in the supply chain as the reason for withholding the payments. Uh, Diamond said the move is in response to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the supply chain. Quote, While the full impact of this epidemic is unknown, one thing is certain. Supply chain disruptions have cash flow implications across the extended industry that can't be underestimated. While we work to understand the current industry landscape, the unfortunate truth is that we are no longer receiving consistent payments from our customers. This requires that at this time we hold payments to vendors previously scheduled to release this week. Now, Frank, some listeners may not know this, but you work in the direct market, a.k.a. comic shop industry. That is correct. I work in a comic book shop. So how, from your from your eyes, how is this going to affect the comic book industry? All right, so uh, it's a great question. One I'm going to try to make uh, as succinct as possible because there's a little bit to it. So Diamond Distributors is essentially the only distributor for comic books in general, they more or less have a monopoly. Um, they are under books and magazines, so legally they don't, but it's the only way you can get comics in North America and pretty much anywhere else in the world. I know they have like European branches and things like that. So when they say they're not shipping out comics, that means nobody's getting out comics. Now, to put their relationship with publishers into perspective, Uh, They kind of have exclusive rights to distribute from the big two, which are Marvel and DC. And because of that, all of like the independent companies pretty much follow suit. They have a lot of weight. They're able to throw that weight around. If you don't want to deal with Diamond, either from a direct retailer or publisher standpoint, 
it's almost like good luck buddy you're not really gonna have much of a business um so because of this though they're no longer distributing both marvel and dc are there's rumblings that they're starting to look at other methods of distributing because apparently the way the wording is is as long as diamond is distributing comics they can only do it through diamond but because diamond is not distributing it they break their contract or something along those lines so the theory is if this goes on long enough diamond may either go out of business or the publishers will go hey you know what let's use something else instead of diamond and try it out and then if diamond loses their power i mean it's going to be a free-for-all overall i think it will be good for the industry in the long term in the short term i think it's going to be a huge cluster there's my rant on it though do you see a switch to strictly digital uh, that is a good question as well. So they were for a while teasing that they were going to continue to release digital and not push paper for you know the foreseeable future until at least the beginning of May. They have talked themselves down from that because at the end of the day, if people start moving towards digital and shops go out of business because of it, less and less money comes in for everybody. And then you can make the argument that the the product, the digital product, will go down as well because there's just not as much demand for it. Um, I think comics are a weird thing just because they're one of the few things where people really like physical over digital these days. Uh, could it shift the other way? I think it depends. If this goes on long enough, then yeah, I could see it because comic book nerds are super fickle. And I could see them giving up their allegiance to paper just to read the stories if, you know, we're looking at something that's going on another three, six months, something like that. And, of course, collection of comics, uh, resale is part of this physical media, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people love the paper, too, because a lot of these guys have been, you know, a lot of people who collect have been collecting for years. I don't collect many things in general. I collect a few series of comics. But, I mean, if you were to take into account since I've been reading and say that's collecting, I've been doing it for, like, 12 years, and I'm, like, a younger guy. Some of these guys have been collecting for 30, 40 years, and they, they're at a point where they, you can't give it up because it feels like, you know, you're losing a part of yourself. Right. It's interesting going forward. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on it. Definitely. Now, we've been around for a little while, so since we've been around for like over a year, we're starting to learn some names. We're along with you, beginners, learning some names that are coming up. They come up, they come and go. One of these names is Misaki Yuasa. We've heard about him a bunch. Uh, he was, for people unfamiliar, he directed The Night is Short Walk on Girl, Devilman Crybaby, which was my pick for best anime of last decade, and another show we're going to talk about later. Um... But he is he announced on Twitter that he is retiring as president of Studio Science Saro. Science Saro is the company that did these shows. Science Saro was formed in 2013 by Yuasa and Yoon Young Choi, who's a Korean artist, former artist, now producer. And it, they formed this company after they received an offer offer from Cartoon Network to work on the Adventure Time episode Food Chain. Are you familiar with this? I am not. I did not know that this was this was the reason why. That's the reason they formed this company together. So he's retiring. He says that he just wants to take some rest. But Yoon Young Choi is taking over as CEO. 
I mean, it seems like the company's in pretty good hands because she's pretty, she's accomplished artist and now she's moving to the promotion, uh, the production aspect of it. And, um, Yuasa still wants to do creative stuff. He's doing the Netflix Japan Sinks and he's doing a spinoff of Crayon Shinchan called Super Shiro. So I don't think we're going to say goodbye to Yuasa. I think he's still going to be around, but they put out some pretty damn good stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, let's see you later. I hope we still get some good stuff from Science Sorrow. Yeah, definitely. And you never know with these sorts of things because, you know, famously with, like, Miyazaki, there's always people, he has retired, like, five times, and then six months later he's like, yeah, I'm coming back. So you never know how final somebody who is retiring from from the game is. I'm sure Yuasa is making a lot of money off the Japan Sync show for Netflix, too. Yeah, definitely. All right, more Netflix stuff. Soul Levante. And Cage Aster of the Insect Cage popped up after an extensive search. wasn't easy to find. It wasn't recommended <laughs> to me at all. Thank you, Netflix. They know you so, so we well. About... Yeah, yeah, they keep recommending, like, rom-coms to me. Like, I care about those. <laughs> so, So Levante is something we talked about before. It's by Production IG, and it's the first hand-drawn 4K HDR anime. And it's a short. It's only four minutes, which I didn't realize until I put it on. Did you watch, Frank? Oh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I didn't know it was that short. Four minutes. It's uh, pretty impressive, and I don't know, we were, my wife and I were sitting and we watched it together, and I I have a hard time believing they did this whole thing by hand. Really? Wow. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, like, it's absolutely insane the way it looks. It looks like classic CGI, but it's first hand-drawn 4K HDR anime, so why am I not to believe them? That's awesome. Yeah. And I checked out K-Jaster of the Insect Cage. You ready mm-hmm. for this? Set in a post-apocalyptic world where a mysterious disease, K-Jaster, turns people into murderous giant insects, this manga-based series follows the struggle of a young couple to stay alive. So I watched two episodes <laughs> of my insomnia, and we'll, I think we'll watch it in a couple weeks and review yeah. it. We'll yeah, no, definitely. I'm here for it. All right, that's it with the news, because we got to get moving to our important topic of the week. It's time for our Nutaku podcast, Best of Winter 2020. Woo! Yay! Yes, round of applause for everyone. Shall I go over the rules? Yes, Frank? please. Okay, I love rules. You too. Those we watched helps. So go back and listen to our Winter 2020 episode for how we, uh, selection episode so you can see how we ended up with this list. Uh, they had to end in Winter 2020, so we have some shows carrying over from fall 2019. And, of course, legally streaming on the services that we have. So Amazon Prime, Crunchyroll, Funimation, High Dive Hulu, and or Netflix. And we have some categories. We've got Best Male, Best Female, Best Worst Villain. We have music categories, because most anime have original songs and get heavy airplay and high CD sales in Japan, and they're often commercial hits. So they're all unique, which is something that is, doesn't exist in the United States anymore. So we have Best OP, which stands for Opening Theme, and Best ED, which stands for Ending Theme. Then we have the Nutaku Official Mox category. It stands for Midnight Occult Civil Servants. It is the Award for Mediocrity in Anime. And we got a couple nominees this year, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we have a new category. 
So we're going to throw a new category in there. It's most memorable scene. So basically, this is something from our shows that we watch that has or will stick with you as a defining memory of that show. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's a memorable scene. And as you'll find out when we get to it, some of them are pretty disgusting. Yeah. Then we have that. <laughs> yeah. So then we have best episode of winter 2020, best show of 2020. And then the winners will go against our winners from spring, summer, and fall of 2020 to name the best of 2020 as chosen by Frank and Jim of the New Taco Anime Podcast. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. The delay, the is, delay is always fun because yeah, yeah, it's 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 a challenge. It's nice. Oh right. yes, people, we're still we're still in quarantine in Philadelphia. So. I haven't left my house. I actually took a shower today, which is nice. Oh, that's that's okay. That makes sense because you smell a lot better through the through the Skype. Through the <laughs> yeah, through, through the microphone. <laughs> I uh, you know, you have to remind yourself that you're a human being and not an ape every once in a while. Yes, I agree. And now our official Nutaku ranking system from the top. The best possible is Masterpiece. You'll be remembered forever. Then must watch. Watch this show. Then recommend. It's a good show, man. Mox. This is a very anime. Anime, if I've ever watched an anime. Pure mediocrity. Named after Midnight of Call Civil Servants. Not good. I would not recommend it. And I'm canceling my subscription. Fuck this fucking show. That's the worst possible rating. <laughs> and we'll break we'll break down our winners at the end of our reviews. And of course, as I remind everybody when we do this, this is all opinion. Don't get angry if we disagree with you. It's okay. We are probably just joking. And I have a feeling one of the shows that I did not like is very popular. And uh, people might disagree with me. But it's okay. Teach yourself, correct? correct? Have you been watching anything that isn't on our watch list? Uh, no, I have not. What about you? No, I was doing a Science Phone Love, but I had to prove it. But we have too many shows on this list. And then COVID happened. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now, I, I, now my mind is all over the place. I can't, I can't be distracted by distractions when I'm being distracted. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. There's like a hierarchy to the distractions, as I found out in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. All right, let's start off with the song. This is for our first song. It's our first nomination. It's the opening performance by our, for 22-7. It's Mizuzi by 22-7, the group. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not
like I said, that's the opening song for 22.7, streaming on Funimation, and now on Crunchyroll, it has showed up, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Episodes, there's 12. Studio is A1, the source, it's based on a musical idol group. Your synopsis? Shai Mio Takagawa receives a letter notifying her that she's been chosen as a member of a brand new mysterious project. Summoned to a giant top secret facility, she finds seven other girls just as confused as she is. Once there, a major record label tells them the craziest thing. They've all been selected to form a new idol group. What's more, it will be unlike any that the world has ever seen before. Frank, go ahead with your review. Of sure. So this was one of the two, maybe three shows that I felt like I had to drag myself through towards the end. Uh, I never really got fully into the individual episodes of the girls that you see, that are focused on, and the reveal of the wall towards the end was a bit of a letdown for me. Uh, I guess I was hoping for a little bit more in that department, and the show kind of really rests on the idea that you have to really fully be into the group to enjoy the episodes individually, because if you're not into the idol group, then why would you really care too much about the individual girls? Uh, if you don't like that idea then it's probably not going to go much more beyond that because that's kind of what I was resting my hopes on was more kind of the mystery on the formation of the group. Uh, It's definitely trying to sell you on the idol group and appease fans that are already a part of it. So if you fall into any of those two, then this is probably totally for you. But for me, it it just wasn't for me. It had some good songs, but not any great songs, except for the opening song for a show about a group. That each one had a unique ED by each performer. Uh, the strength of the show was character development because we got individual backstories for everybody. The animation was okay, except for the o- the opening animation was very good. But the CG musical numbers were a little odd when they did have musical numbers. They didn't have many. And if you wanted more of this, we are getting a 13th episode with three new members. Three new members? Yes, it was uh, after the credits in the last oh, episode. Oh, okay, so a surprise 13th episode. I don't know, that's not a good number to end on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank, with that being said, what's your new Taku rank? Uh, I had put it strictly in mocks, mainly because I could see the appeal for some people, but it was just not for me. I have it in It's All Good. Um, perfectly okay, but... The music wasn't great. I did care about the girls, though. So it caught me for a little bit of a hook. Okay. All right. Have some rock and roll. Let's listen to it. Oh, 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 oh,
that's the first OP for uh, Hero No Sora, streaming on Crunchyroll, High Dive, or VRV, if you get VRV. Uh, the episodes are 50. It's continuing from fall 2019. Studios Diamedia, the source of the manga. Once again, I've been doing this for months. <laughs> he may be shorter in stature, but Kura, Sora Kurumatani, and in months, I still can't say his name right, can soar and score on the basketball court. With a passion for the sport he inherited from his mother, Sora vows to her that he'll take top prize at a high school basketball tournament. But there's one problem. His new school's basketball club has turned into a hangout for delinquents. Will Sora's sheer tenacity and amazing three-point shooting change their minds and get the club up and running again, once again? I bowed out of the show a while ago. I'm no longer watching, so Frank is going to give yes. us a review. Yes, so this is a show that, in my eyes, um, doesn't seem to clearly have a defined fan base, and I'm not entirely sh- too sure like who it's going for, because it doesn't quite seem to be for basketball fans. Uh, is it for Shonen fans? Is it for fans of drama? I, I don't really know, because it never quite hits any of these bits fully, and it kind of has me scratching my head as to what it's actually trying to do. But that being said, it's not a terrible show outside of some, like, kind of major pacing issues. You know, we've joked about it, I think, the last time we talked, but, you know, the one basketball warm-up game, Jim, and it was a warm-up game. It's not even, like, it was a scrimmage. It took about a fourth of the season. So that was a, it was a little long. Um, but the show's entertaining enough. Its cast of characters has slowly grown on me. I actually do kind of want to see this band of misfits win. And it does kind of leave off going into the next season, or the next half, rather. You know, it's finally has set everything, and we know what's happening going forward. They're entering the tournament. Um, I don't think there's anything below the surface that you can really get into. There's not a whole lot of depth to people. Everyone kind of wears their emotion on their sleeve. You know, they all want to overcome for some reason or another, but it's not anything too crazy you don't want to sit on it for too long um and if you don't like the first couple of episodes if you're if you're trying it out you probably won't like the series um but yeah that's my review for it i guess i should give it a ranking uh, well sure. let me uh, real quick real quick uh when frank refers to shonen he's referring to the marketing genre that basically is marketed towards uh young boys and it's basically the, the premise is uh, underdogs overcoming the odds. That's usually what it is. Yes, that yeah, you're good. Um, so I had put this on as it's all good. Borderline mocks, but actually the last two episodes I really enjoyed, so it kind of bumped it up. I guess it has me like kind of interested in what comes next, so we'll see. It probably helps that you're in the last leg of it, too. You're starting to get that. Yeah, that's the other end. Is like, uh, I'm kind of like, yeah, I want to see what happens because I've already gone through them playing practice and doing a scrimmage match for seven episodes. And it's like, all right, cool. Now we're actually getting to the meat of uh, what the show is about. All right, it's time for a banger. Let's listen to some rock and roll, baby.
P for our next show, Asteroid in Love, our Koi Sudu Asteroid. Streaming on Crunchyroll episodes, there's 12 of them. The studio is Doga Kobo. Source is a four-coma manga, which is a four-panel comic. Synopsis. When she was little, Konohata Mira promises a boy she meets at a campsite that they can find a galaxy together. When she enters high school, she joins the astronomy club. But that year, the astronomy club happened to combine with the geology club. Making it the Astro Geo Club? Won't you find all kinds of sparkles with the Astro Geo Girls? All right, so this is the show that I had to drag myself through towards the end of this season. I was behind uh, four episodes, I think, and it was was painful for me, almost like uh, watching paint dry. There's uh, not a whole lot of stakes in this show, and then the few that get kind of introduced, such as, like, you know, some of the girls are leaving the group. Um, I think at one point there's, like, a suspension of the club that might be a thing. Uh, nothing really ever comes of it. The second half of the show feels like a repeat of the first half, but they replace some of the old characters with new ones that, to me, just kind of, they all blended in together. I couldn't really tell the difference. If I didn't see the episode where they, they switch, I, I wouldn't probably have noticed. Um, in terms of, like, cute girl show where you learn something, I, I didn't, I mean, the girls were cute enough, and it would go in and out about actually learning things. And I guess maybe because of the subject matter, I didn't have much interest in that, like, when they would talk about, you know, either rocks or space, I kind of was just like, all right, this is this is fine. Um, it just it just wasn't for me, Jim. I, I couldn't I couldn't do it, but I did do it. I just didn't enjoy it. Hey, we're going to have a show that I get to talk about later. It's, I feel similar. This show was cute at times. The girls are very caring towards each other, but nothing really happens in the show. It is educational, but like you said, you have to pay attention, and it's generally dull, so you don't. And we get no resolution to anything, not that there was much conflict in the show at all. Um, Frank, what you I actually you put, I'm canceling my subscription. By the end, by the really? end of it, I was like, it oh was the God. first show, it was the first show in a while where at the end of it, I was like, I I have to be more careful about these cute girl shows now in the future when we pick them. <laughs> I have to be vigilant, Jim. Our first no no uh, we had we reviewed the uh, killer killer insect island was the only other one that we did. Yeah. I'm canceling my subscription, <laughs> I believe. I'll go with Mox. It's very mediocre. It's anime girls doing anime things with absolutely no consequences to any of their actions because their actions really mean nothing. That's really well said, yeah. All right, next up. We're going to talk about it, but we're not going to review it. Babylon, streaming on Amazon Prime. Episodes, there's 12 of them. The studios were ever root. Sources of the novel. Zen Sasaki, a public prosecutor at Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office, is investigating a case of illegal clinical research related to a drug company and a university. During the investigation, he finds a file that Shin and Aiba, an anesthesiologist, kept which includes blood that is mixed with hair, skin, and a paper written with letter F. As he investigates, he realized there is a plot hidden that is connected to a huge election, as well as to a certain person who is in charge of it. And if you want our review, go listen to our Winter 2020 First Impressions, because this had a big delay. It should have ended in fall. It had a huge delay around the holidays, and then it started back up. Uh, Frank, we got a couple nominations for the show. I'm Agaze for Best Works Villain. 
she's pure evil, but I don't know why. You anything to say about her? Yeah, I agree. This is like one of those shows where, especially with her, there was just so much promise, and then it kind of it once it goes hand in hand with the show, it just kind of uh, petered out. Yeah, uh, best episode, the most evil. So there's like this big governmental meaning that goes crazy, which ties into our most memorable scene. Spoiler alert: Imagazi goes full dismemberment plan on Sasaki's partner. Yes, which was absolutely brutal, and uh, definitely one of the scenes that still sticks with me to this day. So, Nutaku ranking, we talked about it before, let's give it again. Uh, my Otaku ranking was Mox, yes. Mox, I believe. My Nutaku ranking, not good, the show was a <laughs> fucking mess, and the last two episodes were trash. Yes. A show that lacked us off on an amazing episode, and then when we came back, we were spinning through space talking about how the government's going to figure out all our problems. Like, fuck Yeah, do you remember that? When the president, they got together with all the world leaders, and then they were like, how can we solve this crisis? And they were spinning through space, and they they solved it, Jim! It's Galaxy (laughs) Brain, man. Fuck that show. And it sucks. Uh, Uh, let's, Let's... after all that negativity, let's pick it up with a really good song. Let's check out this one. Wild Side by Ali, the OP for B-Stars, Core 1, streaming on Netflix. Episodes, there's 12 of them. Studio is Orange. Source of the manga, Jones. Drama, psychological, shonen, slice of life. I think I did the Jones for everybody else. Synopsis. In a world po- populated by anthropomorphic animals, herbivores and carnivores coexist with each other. For the adolescence of Cherryton Academy, school life is filled with hope, romance, distrust, and uneasiness. The main character is Lagoshi or Ragoshi. A member of the drama club, despite his menacing appearance, he has a very gentle heart. Throughout most of his life, he has always been an object of fear and hatred by other animals. He has been quite accustomed to that lifestyle, but soon he finds himself becoming more involved with his fellow classmates, who have their own share of insecurities and finds his life and school changing slowly. Frank, I have already reviewed this in our Ninja Scroll episode. So what's your review for 
Beastars. All right, so Beastars is a show that I binged in about two sittings, and by the second sitting, I was completely hooked. I would say that I had watched, I want to say, six episodes straight in my second sitting, uh, so about half and half. The 3D animation is well done. Characters are fleshed out, and they feel complicated. Lagoshi is one of my favorites, as they do a great job of showing him fight back against his baser instincts and not give in like other carnivores, carnivores do. Um, the setting is interesting enough, and they tease enough about the world to keep you asking more questions and slowly introduce things such as how like the carnivores actually interact in the real world and things like black market for me and you know as these questions had popped up in my head the show answered them right around the time i was asking them so i really love that i think it does a good job of showcasing things like race sexuality and being true to yourself uh overall very enjoyable watch and i loved the op yes very good uh best male lagoshi sure best female will do horror the bunny my favorite thing about Haru is that she was she had sex. That's what she does. She had sex with boys. But it ties into her being a rabbit as well. Because rabbits, if you're known for anything with rabbits, is that they're cute and they like to give off a lot of offspring. So they're horny all the time. <laughs> so it was pretty good. You know what I mean? Especially for a female character to be open with her sexuality, basically being like, you know, fuck off. I can fuck if I want yes. to. Why can't I? And most memorable scene, and I picked this one because... It was ridiculous. There's the chicken girl. And she's very proud of her eggs, which are served to make the best egg salad sandwiches in the school cafeteria. And she sits next to Lagoshi, and she's heartbroken to find out who eats these egg sandwiches. Heartbroken to find out that he stopped eating the egg sandwiches because they now taste different because she started eating healthier and exercising. And I thought that was the most, like, it, it was had nothing to do with the main storyline, but it, for some reason that stuck with me, and I thought it was very funny. I laughed my so, ass off. Her reaction where she passed out. Yeah, was to piggyback off of that, uh, I enjoyed that scene enough where I was kind of hoping that there was going to be a little bit more, like more scenes like that, because it was so well done that uh, I was hoping that they would kind of explore some of the other other characters like that a little bit more. Maybe they they will in the future if they ever gets a second season. But yeah, it was good. It's, it's It seems teased to have a second season for sure. I mean, uh, you know, some characters disappeared and, you know, we're left hanging with a couple of storylines. So, yeah, I think, I think hopefully, if we're lucky, we'll get another yeah. season. Um, and I liked it at the end, we get, like, as we're going to the credits, you see her, she's still working out, the chicken girl yeah. on the track. It's great, man. This is, this is a good show. What you're I put it as much wa- must watch. Ah. I did the same thing, must there watch. Go. Very good. Next up, Blade of the Immortal, Immortal, or Mungin no Jujin, Immortal, streaming on Amazon Prime. Episodes, there's 24. The studio is Leiden Films, the source of the manga. An immortal swordsman helps a young girl exact revenge on the group who killed her parents. Sure. Frank, go ahead. So the story for me was a bit too convoluted, and it seemed unnecessarily gory at times, but I guess that's what happens when you kind of have a revenge story set during this time. Uh, for me, the story never clicked because of how chaotic everything is. Characters would come and go, and I often don't know who is good and who is bad, which didn't really help me to understand the story. 
Um, I feel like this may have been better as a read, or maybe if we spent a little bit more, where you were able to spend a little bit more time with characters. Um, the ending, so the ending checks in with a couple of characters, and half of them, Jim, I like barely remembered. Uh, so I don't know why it just didn't really stick with me. It probably could have done better with maybe a little bit more of a condensed story or if it was stretched out a bit more. I don't really know what it, what it could have done to have been better, but, uh, I wasn't so into it. If you, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, the ending scene is basically a hundred years in the future. So it's like Ray's granddaughter yeah i think it's like yeah i think you're right they she goes on this whole spiel about how it was like her mom's mom's mom or something yeah <laughs> yeah yes yes so inconsistent animation and storytelling and characters everything about this show is inconsistent the art is beautiful i'll give it that like the backgrounds and everything were very beautiful uh episode number 10 animal where ray is trying to get across the wall with the help of the couple couple that run the inn mm-hmm. that was very good so we're going to nominate that first episode most memorable scene. Here we go. The gang rape scene. I fucking hated that scene so much, and it's stained the show ever since. There are ways to portray violent sexual acts without making it look gratuitous, and this show loved to make acts against women titillating. There's a scene where someone cuts a woman's breast off, and it's you get a good look at the boobie before and he's squeezing it. I did not like it. Yeah, I didn't either. It kind of falls in line with what I was saying with the with the um, the gore and things like that. It's just some of it just seems so extra, and I, it's fine. It was a time and a place, and it's done properly. But I feel like a lot of times it kind of failed on that. Well, as we got near the end, and we get this big final battle, and there's gore all over the place, but there's no animation. You're just seeing blood splattering all over the place. There was nothing. It was just like, oh, the show was yeah. so inconsistent. What should be not good. Way? Same here, not good. You got anything to add to that? <laughs> no, that was it. I feel like if it, like you had said to your point, if it was a little bit more consistent, it honestly might not have even been bumped up to it's all good because there was some stuff that seemed like it, it could have really panned out. But then at the end, like you had even said about the ending, like you're waiting for this big badass scene where all these guys are fighting and it, it doesn't even really deliver on that. Yeah, sometimes it works, but the inconsistent execution made this uh, not very great show. Uh, this is like edgelord content. Ooh, that's... <laughs> and when people who don't watch anime think of adult animation from Japan, this is what they think of. And I'm not a fan. That's of perfect. That. I agree with that 100%. Edgelord content. Next up. Forty. I don't want to get hurt. So I'll max out my defense. Or Itai no wa ia. Nano de Borogyoro ni Kyokufuri Shitai to Omimas. Streaming on Funimation and Hulu, 12 episodes, the studio's Silver, Silver Link, source of light novel. Keide Honjo is invited by her friend Risa Shiramine to play a virtual reality MMO game with her. While Keide doesn't like, this doesn't dislike games, what she really, truly dislikes is being in pain. She creates a character named Maple and decides to put all her points in VIT to minimize pain. As a result, she moves slowly, can use magic, and even a rabbit can get the best of her. But as it turns out, she requires a skill known as absolute defense. And as a result of her pumping points into VIT, 
we as well as counter skill as well as a counter skill that works against special moves now with her ability to nullify all damage she goes on adventures Frank. sure so this is uh cute girls doing cute things in an mmo it's a simple premise and easy enough to watch most of the episodes involve maple getting over her head in over her head not that she would notice and stumbling her way through quests as she gets accidentally more and more powerful until she ends up being one of the top players in the game. Uh, I said in our last check-in with this show that I thought the animation was bad, and I have come to find that it was actually only the one visual, which was the episode right before we had recorded this, which is like the poison hydra that she has. Uh, I don't like the look of that kind of, uh, I guess, attack, but everything else was... uh, was pretty well done, so I'm going to go back on that one. Um, there's not a whole lot of character development. Most of the episodes kind of involve the same format. You know, there's almost always a little, like, two-minute music montage to eat up some time with some characters, usually a gang of them doing whatever quest. Uh, and it sometimes feels like uh, like video game porn, where all you're watching are, like, the cool fight animations with, like, little story. But there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. I mean, this show, I feel like, isn't trying to be anything mind-blowing. It kind of seems to know what it is. Um, And everything is just friendly enough to not really cause offense one way or the other. Um, So it's not necessarily a bad show. It's one of those ones, and I said this before, but it's like a palate-cleansing show. So it's like something to watch in between other things. It's kind of mindless. uh, But it's not good. It's not bad. Yeah, this is a perfectly fine show. I did like that there were actual spells, which seem to be missing in some of these fantasy video game isekai shows. And you had pointed that out during, I believe the show was Plunderer, where instead of shooting just green, yellow, orange, and blue laser beams as magic, they actually had spells with names and cantrips and stuff like that, which was kind of cool as like a D&D person. So like, that was neat. I also liked how they spanned a lot of their spells and abilities, which actually happens in video games. Like, how often do you, you know, use spell number 15 when you can use Hydra over and over again to beat things? I thought that was a pretty cool touch. Also, it's a very cute show. Yeah, I agree. Like, even some of the side characters, like the two girls with the hammers, I really love them. Um, all of the characters are just really well done in, in, in the cute regard. Yeah, the, the girl with the, the, the fire girl from the fire uh, clan, uh, where she would, like, be all tough in front of people and then cry when no one was around because you were so stressed out. I like this. It's, it's a cute show. What's your new tackle ring? I went, ring? I went with ring? Mox. Okay, explain. Uh, well, like I had said, I didn't really find it. So usually when we say Mox, it's it's you know it's just kind of a standard show. It's not good or it's not bad, and that's kind of what I considered this show to be. It's right on the edge of kind of being you know it's all good or not good if it went one way or the other um i didn't mind it but like if i was to have gone and re-watched it knowing what i know now i don't necessarily know if i would recommend it i guess it depends like what you're into it's funny that and to go back to your point earlier you were saying how because when we did our first impressions of the show i disagree with you about the uh, animation mm-hmm where the one battle underwater I thought was very well animated. But I could totally agree with you with that Hydra thing. I did not like that weird purple monster that she, she squirts out of her back. Um, 
I did It's All Good because there's a couple of shows that are mocks, and this was definitely above them. Like, I didn't mind watching this, and I cared about it a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's fair, because uh, some of the ones I had rec- I had put as mocks were some that I... Yeah, I didn't mind watching this, and so maybe I, it changed my mind. Maybe I'll bump it up. Nah, too late. <laughs> okay. I have to stick with Our Maidens in Her Savage Season uh, as a masterpiece up to this day, and I still haven't gone back and edited it. It should just be must-watch, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I checked the time. The time on the clock says that. And now it's time for the case files of Jeweler Richard. Streaming on Crunchyroll. There's 12 episodes. The studio is Shuka. The source of the novel. One night, a college student with a strong sense of justice, Sigi Nakata, saved a gorgeous foreigner, Richard, who was being harassed by some drunks. When Sigi found out that Richard was a jeweler, he asked for an appraisal on a ring with a shady history, one which his grandmother had kept secret until she died. The appraisal had revealed her past, truth, and desire. It led Sigi to work as a part-time employee for Richard's jewelry store, the Jury Etrange, in Ginza. While solving various mysteries introduced to the Jury Etrange, the relationship between Richard and Sagi gradually changes. However, each of them has secrets they have not told anyone. The curtain up of the jewel mystery, achieved by a gorgeous jeweler and a college student with a strong sense of justice. Frank, what did you think of Jeweler Richard? Oh, wait, Frank didn't watch. This was my responsibility. He had a hero no Sora, and I watched the case files. I really enjoyed the show. Everyday problems solved by Richard and Sagi. And by the final episodes, we got a backstory on Richard and his his uh, inheritance from his family and his, and his dad's secret lover. And then you get Sagi with very solid seasons, like series finale involving his father and his stepfather. Animation wasn't great, but it doesn't really need to be. It's more about story. They did not really leave many locations. There was about five locations in all 12 episodes. Uh, I nominate Richard for best male because he was very smart and caring, but he was also a complete dick. <laughs> and also, uh, my new Taku ranking is it's all good. I really enjoyed the show, even if it was very simple in its execution. And the story continues, Frank. Oh, in audio drama format. Wow, it's like they got into your head and were like, "What would Jim like this to end up being?" What would Jim not want to continue the story on? Oh, his headphones. (laughs) So, it's It's all good, good, man. All right. Now for a music break. Here we go. Get that 
That's the OP for id Invaded, streaming on Funimation and Hulu. Episodes 13, the studio is Nas. The source is original. Set in a virtual world, the visually stunning id Invaded follows Sakaido, a detective looking to solve the grisly murder of Kaoru, a young girl. But solving this case is unlike any, as the world begins to twist and turn around Sakaido, challenging what he thinks and believes. Frank. Uh, so, It Invaded tells a complete, tight story, and it doesn't have much in the way of fluff. It doesn't really introduce any characters that don't really forward the story, because it doesn't need to. The mystery is engaging, and the handful of characters we get to know do have some layers to them. I particularly like the serial killer Fukuda, Fukuda I believe is his name. Uh, he's the guy with the hole in his head. Um, and the world it, they present is close enough to our reality that it's somewhat believable, but just kind of far enough away where you're like, oh, okay, this is this is cool. OP and ED are great. Uh, even the individual episodes towards the middle that kind of seem like one-off episodes add up to the overall mythos, and they sort of get played into the larger story towards the end without spoiling anything. Um, I don't really have many complaints on this one. I, uh, I was intrigued by the art style and animation, and it has a very Philip K. Dickian type story. Um, science fiction author, for people who don't know, Philip K. Dick. Uh, but I guess the big bad, midway through, we talked about this, and I found out the outcome completely predictable. Uh, it had good music, and here is the OP. It's Other Side by Miyavi. type of music it's a little too imagine dragons link apart for me but i will admit it is catchy as hell i was singing along with it um what's your new taku i'd put this as all good it was kind of missing just a little bit more for me to bump it up to like must watch but i enjoyed it yeah i had this in the borderline mocks it's all good just because of the predictability of this i i just i guessed who johnny walker was pretty early that... on i don't know if you were supposed i was waiting for a twist i thought that like they made it predictable because we were going to get a twist again and we ended up not a secondary twist. twist. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but I mean, it's if you if you, if you have five shows and you want a sixth one, give it a shot because the the character design and everything's mm -hmm. pretty cool. 
It's definitely unique looking. All right, let's check out another song. This is a good one. Mononoke in fiction. Uso to chameleon, or Uso to chameleon. And it's the OP for Inspector, or Kyoku Siyuri. Streaming on Crunchyroll, 12 episodes of Studios Brain Base, the source of manga. The 17th year, the 17 year old Kotoko has a unique situation. When she was a child, she was kidnapped by spirits called yokai and returned missing one leg and one eye. Since then, she has been able to communicate with otherworldly forces both benevolent and dangerous. Kotoko is alone in her power until she real- learns that her crush, she's watched from afar, Koruro, has had his own encounter with Yukai. As if touched by the supernatural wasn't enough, Kuroro, the personal <laughs> life, is also in shambles. With their shared experiences and understanding, Kotoko and Kuroro form a partnership to deal with their with mysteries from ancient demons to the ghost of an idol. But for a girl who's used to dealing with spirits, winning love might prove to be the bigger challenge. So this show, for me, I was super hyped on in the beginning. The first half was, I thought, really solid. But then I had thought that the second half started kind of spinning wheels. You know, there was uh, four episodes, maybe three, where they were basically monologuing over an internet forum to try and change kind of the story of this ghost to ultimately defeat her. Um, I like the one-off stories that they had in the first couple episodes. You know, the one we had gotten with the um, the river snake god, um, stuff like that. I wish it kind of focused more on that. Um, I wasn't into the other story that I guess was the main the main aspect of this show. And then the characterization kind of took a back seat. We only really focus on uh, Kodako. She's the only one that seems to kind of move any which way. Everybody else is kind of introduced. You get their little backstory, and then that's it. Uh, I guess I was just bummed on it, just because in the beginning I, I was I was I was super pumped. I liked most of this show. The women are great, including our main character Kotako. She's nominated for best female. I enjoyed how Kotako walked you through her thought process while the animation visualized it. That was pretty neat. Kuroru was completely lame. Like, he didn't do anything. 
He just moped. <laughs> and as you mentioned, the final story arc was legit. Kotoko using a laptop in the backseat of a cop car for like four episodes. The music is great, though, and here's the ED. It's Last Dance by Mamoru Miyano. Let's dance with me on a road at night. Now, I don't know how you want to, but I still have the last dance with you. your new taku rank uh, i just put it's all good Same. uh it's all good i like the front end as you said more than i did the back end but i will watch more and i wanted to watch more hmm. so oh that we weren't allowed to watch interspecies reviewers or ishuzoku reviewers it was streaming on funimation it was 12 episodes passion was the studio the source of manga basically it's three dudes sometimes four, sometimes five, and an angel going from hostel to hostel. Hostel? <laughs> what are they called? Brothel. Brothel. Brothel to brothel, uh, having sex with different races in a fantasy world and writing up reviews like Yelp and somehow making money off that. Frank, you only caught a couple episodes. Yeah, right? I think I only got two, maybe three total. Yeah, I think I got four or five, and then they got yanked from everywhere because it was too, too risque. But I enjoyed it, and just for the novelty, i got to rank this must-watch. Yeah, must-watch, just so if you can get your hands on it sort of thing. Yeah, it was definitely like something that if you go on like rating sites, it's close to 9 out of 10 on most of them. And I think that's mostly just people trolling it. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those ones you can beat your chest and be like, I saw interspecies reviewers before it was taken down. Well, actually, I was able to watch six and seven episodes before anyone else did. Look at me. Here's my here's my banana sticker. All right, let's take a music break. から
つ派手にやってみようや飲みそうイマジネーション見たも来たもそれ全部気になる飛べる飛べなめさしとけ頭ん中も完成形見えた頭ん中も自由自在心の網ね細かくして最強の世界できちゃってるわな Well, that song could only mean one thing. That was Easy Breezy by Kemliko. And the show is Keep Your Hands Off Izuken or Izuken Niwa Te Wodasuna. Streaming on Crunchyroll, 12 episodes. Science Saru is the studio who we talked about earlier. Source the manga. Asakusa Midori wants to create an anime, but she's too disheartened to make that final step by herself. By pure chance, she meets Muzaki Tsubame, an up and coming socialite secretly dreaming of becoming an animator. Together with Midori's money loving best friend, Kanamori Sayaka, the energetic trio slowly works towards making their ultimate world a reality.、Frank. This is one of those shows that's a little bit hard to review because I don't really have anything negative to say about it. Uh, visuals are fun. Three characters are equally unique and well fleshed out. The town and the world itself is a cool character, and I think smartly they don't spend a whole lot of time diving into why it is the way it is.、Um, I genuinely enjoyed the characters' adventures and seeing them visualize their movies as they take us through the steps of essentially creating an animation short. Uh, we see the good, the bad, and the ugly in an entertaining way. Kind of shines a light on how things are、uh, as of now in the real world with that stuff.、Um, the only very, very minor complaint that I have is I would have preferred the last episode, the ending, to have been a little bit different.、Uh, I'm not really spoiling a whole lot and saying that, you know, the ending is basically just the. They're short. They show they're short. I kind of would have preferred to spend a little bit more time with the characters. Uh, after they had released their short and kind of see how they reacted to things. But that's more of a personal preference. That, it has nothing really to do with, with the show itself. But、uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I could probably do an entire episode on just how much I liked the show.、Uh, this is a show by creators, you can tell. And it shows like this intricate and complicated process of creating what you love, including the sacrifices needed to accomplish it. Uh, it's about teamwork and how individuals sometimes need to work together to create greatness.、Uh, the show's amazing.、Uh, you got Asakusa, who's like your art designer, and she's got crazy wild ideas, but they're often scattered by concepts that are too grand.、Uh, Subame's your animator, and the looks into her inspiration and how she worked that inspiration to the finished products that she did, like her grandma tossing the tea. And. Bless everything and everyone for giving us Sayaka. She's like the producer and she keeps everybody together. She leashes in all their ideas in an attempt to make money and not necessarily for personal gain. I mean, she comes off as being greedy, but she's doing it so she can keep creating, which are only her grandparents. Like, she watched her grandparents lose their store because they couldn't make money when it was a simple solution. And after reading the news about、uh, Masaki Yuasa leading Science Zero, did I see that Sayaka? 
has to be inspired by the new CEO, Yoon Young Choi. If you look at side-by-side photos of him, it's like, holy shit, <laughs> this is definitely her. Holy crap. So I'm definitely nominating Sayaka for Best Girl. Uh, best episodes of the season, we have two. We have Hold That Machete Tight, which is episode four. It's when the girls decide to use digital to save on time, but they don't really want to do it. They want to keep it like organic with pencil and pen, but they have to show their shorts at the student council meeting for approval. Uh, we have episode eight, the Grand Shibahama Festival, which was their robot anime, pre- uh, like when they finally show it, and all the hijinks involved trying to get that large crowd to watch it by the DVD. For individual scenes, we have two of them. The pitch to the student council, which looked like a riot scene or a political protest, was fucking amazing. And the finished robot anime with Subambe's parents, who you're given the impression, like, don't care about her. And they're just like, you know, they just are busy parents who really love her. And the father thought that she wanted one thing and didn't want another thing. And the moms, and when it comes together, they're all, they all just love each other. N-E-D. It's Name no Nai Ao by Kamisama Boku wa... Kazute Shimata. Here it is. What's your new title? Uh, must watch. Go ahead. I, I put it down as must watch. I mean, I think it's something that if you are an anime fan, you should watch it. And if you're just getting into things, it's a perfectly great kind of jumping on point to the, to I mean everything really. Yeah, I definitely have it as must watch. Um, I just gave you every single reason why I love the show, and I don't have to say it again. I could go on and on about how amazing this show is. Next up, My Hero Academia Season 4, Boku no Hero Academia. Streaming on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and Hulu. 25 episodes. It's continuing over from fall. Studio is Bones, the source is among. Kids in the superheroes school strive to become the best professional heroes. Frank, sure, so the last two episodes got me right back in while teasing... Oh, shit, yes. those last two episodes. While teasing the fifth season and reminding me why I love this show. I think they very smartly did that, those last two, because... Uh, you know, the the kind of filler in the middle was very so-so to me. We kind of have spoken about this before, but 
you know, I was starting to kind of fall, fall out because it just wasn't very interesting and it definitely felt like filler. Uh, I could have done without it. But, I mean, I guess my hero, more my heroes never bag thing. Uh, I'm curious to see when we will actually get the next season because I get the feeling that it might be longer than most people would like. So my guess is maybe like a year, year and a half. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, yeah, go. um, I know that they had just announced that, surprise, they're doing a fifth season like last week or something. But, I mean, that's like, duh. Like, that's not surprise at all. Um, but yeah, overall this season, the first half was really good. I really enjoyed it. The last two episodes I really liked, and then those kind of four or five in the middle there. Eh. But I mean, that's, that's most shonen in general, but. Yeah, the second half of the season was definitely jarring compared to the first half where it basically slowed down and did a, a festival, uh, for about five episodes. And, well, we, we've talked about it before. There's definitely it's a school. It's a show about a school. So you're going to get your festival. You're going to get your it's just mm-hmm. their tropes. You're going to get your festival. You're going to get your uh, school trip somewhere. Or you're going. To, these are just things that are going to happen. My problem, my biggest problem was that for a couple of those episodes, the animation was notably not as good as the earlier episodes. Uh, but those last two episodes were amazing. And I don't think that, uh, you know, it doesn't have to always be action-packed. And that's not what I'm saying. Like, first half was really good, and the second half wasn't. It's just that it was notably, it's just the placement, and it was notably visually, it wasn't as good. But overall, for best, best worst villain, right, we'll throw him in there. He was great in the first half. And the ED for part one, it's about a voyage by Sayuri. What's your new Taku ranking? I have it as a must-watch. I mean, this is one of those shows where, I mean, we're on season four now, so if you're if you're not watching it already, it's probably going to be hard to, to convince you otherwise. But if you, you know, I think it was one of the stronger seasons. Stronger seasons overall? overall? Of My yes. Hero Academia. Yeah. Really? Outside of that, that uh, middle arc, I mean, I really enjoyed... 
the first one where, you know, uh, what's his name? Overhaul, correct? He kidnaps the girl, and I think Overhaul. he was very villainous, and then the, the tail end, the two, just got me right back into it. I definitely think this is the ah! worst of all, of all yes. four, for sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I have it as it's all good, and if the only thing that brought it back to it's all good, it would have been Mox if it wasn't for those oh. last two episodes. It was so overloaded on the front half, and it was basically, as I said before, it's Garlic Jr. sock on the back half. But the the last two episodes of the season were great. I mean, this. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is a bad show. I'm just this was not as great as it has been previously. But this is the standard of modern shonen anime, and I think all other anime that comes out in this era of My Hero Academia often fails to reach it. So it's re like maybe that's an argument for it is that the standard for the show is really, really high entertainment wise. And it definitely picked it up with those last two episodes, but to say that this was one of the better seasons, I gotta totally disagree with you. Yeah, I mean for me it might have been just the hype of the last two because I was in such despair with that uh you know, the the middle arc there that I had it started to fall for me and uh yeah, I don't know. It just it just did it for me. Yeah, boners. right. <laughs> another, another like getting boners about kids in our school. <laughs> All right, the show has officially been uh, canceled. We're all on the FBI's list now. Well, uh, let's 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 take a music break to cool off a little bit. by TK from Ling Totse Segure. And the show is Pets. Streaming on Amazon Prime. 13 episodes. Gino Studio is the production studio. The source of the manga. The power to infiltrate minds and manipulate memories. Those who have it are feared, hated, are referred to as pets. Hiroki and Tsukasa both possess the power. They would have consumed their fragile hearts were it not for the special bond they shared. But their wish to be together it's callously exploded by under, an underground organization called The Company. Quotation marks. The Company. What consequences will distorting their bond have? Frank, Sure, so Pet is a compelling story, if somewhat convoluted in its delivery. 
for some reason, though, it didn't really click with me. For one thing, the animation is mediocre at times. I really think that they miss an opportunity to really experiment with the visuals when it comes to entering people's peaks and valleys and, you know, I guess sort of like uh, psychic intrusions that they have. Uh, after a while, they just kind of feel dull. It, it kind of makes sense that everybody's peaks and valleys are just like one thing where they're like, hey, this is, you know, an ocean, and they're able to create the background, and it's mainly just blues and blacks. And, hey, this is somebody's uh, peaks and valleys, and it's literally peaks and valleys of, you know, a field where it's just green and blue. So after a while, it kind of just got dull, and, you know, we kind of have those main two locations for those sorts of things. The story is a little more personal than I thought it would be originally, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when you have something like The Company, you ex kind of expect it to be, I guess, a little bit bigger in its in its storytelling. Uh, it leaves kind of somewhat on a cliffhanger for a second season when I was sort of hoping that it would close out. This is definitely more of a personal thing. I think it would have been it would have serve the story a little bit better to just kind of have it as one season but if you were into it then obviously that's a plus um it just didn't really click for me I, I, and once it did i mean i was just like oh okay that's fine but that's pet yeah the animation was not great on this show uh and it's front to back it just wasn't great and uh, i agree it could have they could have gotten a little bit more psychedelic with their like with their powers because they are we're actually physically inside of these people's psyches. But holy shit, is this show freaking nuts. It's all over the place. And almost every single person is evil. There are no good guys. Everybody sucks. They are terrible. They're out for themselves. The guys you think are good guys, the one guy's trying to, he's using his powers to fuck this girl, and she ends up having powers. So she's like, uh, that's what you do with your powers. And he's like, duh. So he's done this before. He's raped women. He's basically <laughs> drugged women to have sex with them. Sukasa is a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. He's best worst villain. We'll put him in there. And the music is awesome. And here's image by Memai Siren, who was produced by TK. They got it to the uh, OP. Here it is. What's your new talk around? I gave it a uh, mox. It was fine. 
Yeah, I did. This is an asterisk okay. show. So if you want a crazy ass show, almost like where you're going to be like, oh man, did you ever see that? Uh, dude, you got to watch it. It's wild. It's must watch. Otherwise, it's just it's all good. I found it entertaining. The animation is really not good. But as somebody who likes psychological thrillers in the in the way that they're weird and different, I found it to be must watch. But this is definitely a niche show that you won't like if you don't like that type of shit. All right, next up. Smile Down the Runway, or Runway de Warate. Streaming on Funimation Hulu, episodes of 12, the studios Ezela, the source of the manga. Runway de Warate. Stars, starts with the story of Chiyuki, an aspiring fashion model and daughter of, fledgling modeling, of a fledgling modeling agency, Mile Nige. Ever since she was little, Chiyuki's dream was to be a star model of her dad's agency and perform at Paris Fashion Week. With great looks and a gifted environment, it seemed like she was on the right track to fulfill her dream. But she soon found herself faced with a seemingly insurmountable wall, and her height stopped growing at 158 centimeters, too short to be a professional model. Although Chiyuki kept, still kept on believing, keep on believing, brother, in herself for years, despite everyone telling her it's impossible, Chiyuki's resolve starts to crumble as she enters her last year of high school. This is when she meets Sumura Ikuto, a lame classmate <laughs> with a surprising talent for designing clothes, who is also considering giving up his dream due to unfortunate circumstances. Together, they begin the journey of doing the impossible in order to realize their dreams. So this is a show that I never knew I needed in my life. The show has a strong message of following your dreams no matter what is put on you by others, and I think that's something that can be taken to heart by a lot of people. Uh, the show does a good job of mainly focusing on Ikoto, as I think he is more relatable, and leaving behind Chioki, she's kind of left behind towards the tail end, even like more towards the middle, and then she kind of gets paired up with a with a... Kokoro. Um, it sets up reasonable goals for the characters and reasonable, ah, real, realistic results that surprised me as I watched. Um, and they have been surprisingly grounded, which for a show like this, I had thought it was going to kind of be a little more fanciful, I guess, in terms of like, you know, right out of the gate, everybody knows somebody who's connected to the industry and all this stuff, but, um, you know, those goals are, are harder to obtain than, than most people realize. Um, it's something that I'll continue to watch if it's presented with the opportunity. I, I enjoyed it. Classic Shonen. This is it. Underdogs overcoming the odds. Yes. Right? We finally got a bunch of clothes for this show about clothes and in the last few episodes. We didn't get much in the fashion department for a lot of it. It was more about character building. But, oh, my God, the fashion show was so melodramatic. It was amazing. <laughs> All right, Frank, let me yeah. ask you a question. Do you remember what I texted you a couple of weeks ago about Smile Dunder Uh, No, I don't. I text you, if Kokoro doesn't win this fucking fashion show, I'm done with this. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she won. It was amazing. Uh, the big bad ended up not being so bad. It's classic shonen trope where, like, rivals and enemies end up becoming friends. Because by the end of it, he go, he will not... Uh, Ikoto does not want to deal with this dude, and he's the reason he's going to be driven on. But another spoiler, he ends up going to work yeah. for the guy. So it's like, you know, use Piccolo. If you, need, if you need a reference, use Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z as your reference for, like, 
people are like rivals and enemies, and then all of a sudden they work together. So, best male, Ikuto, because he's an amazing good boy, and why wouldn't he be the best male? Best female, Kokoro. She's judged on her looks until she finally cements herself as like a legitimate amateur fashion designer. Best episode, The Promise. It's the fashion show, and Ikuto's family comes to his event, and we work in, he works all these ins- kinds of inspirations from his family when it comes to music and color schemes and bows and all this stuff just to like tribute to his family. And most memorable scene from that episode, Ikuto's mom, who never cries because she doesn't want her kids to worry about her and her health because she has health problems, finally breaks down during the show. Frank, what is your Nutaku rank? I put it as must-watch, and I also want it. I, I also want to note that in shonen terms, uh, Kokoro is like mad OP because she's the ideal model and says, nah, that's not for me. And then in her first showing, she wins first place. I love it. <laughs> she's my favorite character. She's great. She should be the star. Eh. I don't know if I get that far. I really yeah. love the show. And even Chiyuki, who was a bit down on, showed some strength by the end. Especially when they split her off of Ikuto and stuck her with Kokoro and then it was like, they're all friends, but they're rivals at the same time. And they all want each other to succeed, but they're at the same time, they're looking out for themselves. And I do hope we get a season two. I love this Me show. Me too. Amali in the Forest Spirit, or Samali to Mori no Kamisama. Streaming on Crunchyroll, there's 12 episodes. The studio is Satellite, the source of manga. The world is ruled by spirits, goblins, and all manners of strange things and creatures. Human beings are being persecuted. To the very point of extinction. One day, a golem and a lone girl meet. This is a record of the pair, semicolon. One a member of a ruined race, colon. The other, a watchman of the forest. It tells of their travels together and of the bond between father and daughter. Frank, so this show has a unique look with its monsters and background being a highlight. It's pretty to look at, and that's kind of what initially drew me in. I had high hopes for the relationship between the golem and the girl, but I feel like, for me, it never quite met those expectations. Maybe they were too high. I don't know. I felt that the golem was a little too cold, um, and that it didn't really show until the absolute end. Maybe that was the goal, that the love was there the whole time. Um, That's kind of what the story is held up on, and I never really bought into that. Because of that, the story for me was kind of dull. Every episode is like two people that they meet, and they get drawn into their own stories, and it's somewhat reflected on the relationship of the golem and the girl, and eh, eh, it just got kind of old for me after a while. Uh, A lot of style over substance for me on this one. I definitely like the art style and the monster design. Uh, It had some very cute and loving moments, but it never really grabbed me. I didn't really care. Uh, They tried to get some like hard, like, Pull at your heartstrings type of moments, and I, I never bought it. And the Somali's voice being a grown ass woman pretending to be a child was just—it <laughs> was a nightmare. What's your uh, new topic, Frank? I put Mox once. Uh, one of five shows, I believe, I've ranked Mox. <laughs> Very middle of the road. I didn't think it was all that great. I didn't think it was terrible. All right, let's do some music because I need to get Somali's voice out of my ears. Let's go for a music break. This is number seven by Jibaku Shonen Band.
も未来も階段上にさ伝わる影日口に混ざるまま生かしつつハイハイ再三線で聞かせたって知るはずまでもできちゃいないな所詮はわずばなしもう主の権利実際That's the OP for Toilet Bound Hanako-kun, or Jibaku Shonen Hanako-kun. Streaming on Funimation. Episodes, there's 12 of them. The studio is Lurch, the source of the manga. Hanako-san. <laughs> Hanako-san. Are you there? At Kamome Academy, rumors abound about the school's seven mysteries, one of which is Hanako-san. Said to occupy... By the third stall of the third floor girls' bathroom in the old school building, Hanako-san grants any wish when summoned. Yashiro Nene, an occult-loving high school girl who dreams of romance, ventures into this haunted bathroom. But the Hanako-san she meets there is nothing like she imagined. Kamome Academy's Hanako-san is a boy! So, much like Somali and the Forest Spirit, the show is pretty to look at, but that being said, I never could quite get into the story of the Seven Mysteries nor the couple of characters that were present throughout the season. Uh, I didn't really buy Hanakukan and uh, Nene's relationship, although I did love the joke that her ankles are like daikons, because they were just Daikon yeah, radish. just so swollen. Uh, this was another <laughs> show where like visually I was into it, but I wasn't so captivated by the story. It wasn't terrible, but I... Uh, often found myself kind of checking the time whenever I did have to watch it. I uh, was really having a hard time getting into the show, and I finished actually finished watching it this morning before we started recording. I found the art design interesting, but the slideshow style of quote-unquote animation was not for me. The story did pick up when we got the evil Hanako, whose name I don't even know. I think it actually was the same name as the guy from, I think it's Tsubasa. Same name as the guy from uh, mm. Pet. But, uh, and the last few episodes were okay story-wise. The adult jokes were pretty good. This is not for me. I definitely was like zoned out of a lot of these and went onto my phone. But the music was very good. And here's the ED. This is Tiny Light by Atari Kitoku. <laughs>
Marikitio. New soccer Mox. Frank. Yeah, same here, Mox. Borderline not good. The visual design was cool, but it never really grabbed me, and the story wasn't strong enough to overcome my problems with the lack of animation. Last on our list. It's the last show. Welcome to Demon School Rumikum or Maramashida Rumikum, streaming on Crunchyroll. 23 episodes continuing from fall. BN Pictures, the studio, the source of manga. A boy's chaotic life in a prestigious boarding school for elite demons. Aruma Suzuki, human, 14, one day finds himself sold to the devil. To add to his predicament, his doting owner and self-appointed grandpa is the principal at his new school. Now Aruma must deal with a haughty student who challenges him to a duel, a girl with adjustment issues, and so many more scary beings. Can this ultimate pacifist dodge the slings and arrows that are flung his way? As he struggles frantically, Aruma's innate kindness, kindness begins to win over enemies. Frankly, so this is one of those shows that we've talked about at length at this point, and uh, honestly, I don't think my opinion has changed much like since the last time we talked about it. This is just straight up an enjoyable show. Character design and setting is cool. Story is fun. Humor is decent. And the story is interesting enough to keep you watching. It's definitely one worth checking out, and one of the rare, I will say, animated shows that you could, I think, potentially watch this with anybody. Like, it's family-friendly. Agreed. Um, so, like, yeah, you could check this out with, like, a you know younger sibling or nephew or what have you and, and feel totally comfortable with everything that's going on. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The core group of Clara, Asmodeus, As-As, and... Uh, Amory were very entertaining. We had comedy. We had a little bit of drama. Character design was cute, almost like Saturday afternoon cartoon-like. And the show's for all ages, but it's entertaining enough for adults, too. So, uh, of the cute characters, Clara, for best female, she's adorable, and her family was amazing, and she stole scenes with her goofiness and her puns. Uh, what's your new topic? I have it as must-watch, especially when uh, Claire and her family are doing their, their musical number. Yeah, I have it as all good. It's definitely it's definitely something that you should watch with your kids. It's a whole lot of fun. You don't have to worry about any uh, of that quote-unquote etchy humor in there. There's none of it. It's a lot of fun. All right, Frank, that's all our show, so it's award time. This is a long one. The awards, here they are. The winners for 2020, winner 2020, will go advance to go against the winners of spring, summer, and fall of 2020 to name the best show of to end categories of 2020 as chosen by the bright minds <laughs> of the new taco anime podcast. And once again, remember, these are just our opinions. No need to take offense. If we do not agree with your opinion, it's all for fun. This is all for fun. We definitely aren't getting paid for it. So I'll start with best mail and I'll just read them off. So here's our nominee nominees. We have Legoshi or Rigoshi from B stars. We have Richard from the case files of jeweler Richard. And now it's time for the case files of Jeweler Richard. And we have Ikuto from Smile Down the Runway. Who do you got? I have Lagoshi. And I don't know if it's mainly because I just watched a lot of this in one sitting, you know, last week or what. But I, I really liked him as a character. I thought he was completely well done. It probably doesn't hurt that he is pretty much the main protagonist and often focal point of almost every episode in Beastars, but uh, I think he's great. Yeah, he is great. I love his, his like, almost bucking the trend of, of what is expected of him throughout the whole show, whether it's sexually, his role in life. Like, it, it, it could be portrayed a lot of different ways, and this is, a, this is definitely a show for a lot of different people who are looking for that in their lives. But I got to go with Ikuto from Smile Down the Runway. The kid was so good. 
He's amazing. Love him. Yeah. That's a so good, next that's up. a good point. A good choice. Yeah, I think that's that. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Next up, after I take a gulp of water. <laughs> I've been talking a lot. We have best female. This is a loaded category. So let's start. We got Haru from Beastars, the rabbit girl. Iwanaga from Inspector. She has only one eye and one leg. We have Sayaka from Keep Your Hands Off Izuken, the producer. We have Kokoro from Smile Down the Runway, which I snuck in there because she's amazing. And we have Clara from Welcome to Demon School, who was absolutely adorable, especially when she's interacting with her family. Frank, go ahead. Who do you uh, I really liked Sayaka from Keep Your Hands Off Izuken. Um, I thought she was really well done. You always kind of need a business person in your creative endeavors, and maybe I uh, sort of see myself a little bit in her because I've often found myself to be more of the... Uh, more of the business-oriented mind and things like that. So, and I thought Shave was great. That's funny because I would, I would, if I was to put myself in the show and be one of the characters, I think I'd be a, a Sakusa, scatterbrained and needing somebody to direct <laughs> me. But Sayaka Kanamori was amazing. She stood out in every episode. Her look and her sound and her jokes and everything about her, she's fantastic. She's all those girls could be nominated, but she was definitely the standout one of that show. All right. Best worst villain, Frank. We've got I Magase from Babylon. Terrible show. We have Overhaul from My Hero Academia. And we have Sukasa from Pets. I have Overhaul. Uh, if only because, like, I, uh, Magase, she would have been probably number one if it ended up working out for that show and that character and didn't, didn't feel so rushed towards the end and random. But Overhaul was, like, evil enough. He was a very classic kind of uh, comic book villain, but at least he had some sort of kind of... Uh, he had a little bit of a catch to why he was sort of the way he was. All right, I got to go with Sukasa from Pet. He's absolutely fucking despicable. Like, I, there's just... He's a horrible, horrible human being. There's a lot of horrible human beings in this, but he, like, legit screws over his friends and family and everybody just to get ahead. But then he ends up regretting it all in the end but it's all for selfish means everybody on the show is selfish they all suck on pet i'm going with Tsukasa. all right next this is a big list we got best op we had a lot of good music in this this season so we have 22 from 227 we have mizuzi by 2227 hiro nosora op number one is happy go ducky by the pillows asteroid in love we have arutiko by naotoyama from Beastars, we have Wildside by Ali. From It Invaded, we have Mr. Fixer by Soul. From Inspector, we have Mononoke in the Fiction by Uso Tokomelian. From Keep Your Hands Off Izu Ken, we have Easy Breezy by Kemliko. Pet, we have Cho no Tobu Siusu by TK from Ling Tose Tsugure. From Smile Down the Runway, we have Lion by Amy Suguchi. Did we play that one? I don't think we played that one. Let's play it right now.
last on the list, we have Toilet Pound Hanako-kun. Number seven is the name of the song by Jibako Shonen Bands. Go ahead, Frank. So what this one uh, was a little bit difficult for me. I know it was for you as well. Uh, I kind of have two. So my first definitive first place is Keep Your Hands Off, Izukin, Easy Breezy by Kemlico. If only because it's been on my Spotify since the moment I've heard it, and I've listened to it like a million times. And uh, second is B-Star's Wild Side. I think it may have possibly jumped to first if I spent a little bit more time with the song. But I got I to gotta give it to Easy Breezy for first. All right. I have a couple of legit contenders, so I'm going to go through this. And I have different reasons for each one. I'll try to keep it quick. So Wild Side by Ali from B-Stars, because it's a good song. It has really strong visuals. I've got Easy Breezy by Chemico from Keep Your Hands Off Izuki. It's a great, catchy song that goes well with the pace of the show. And it has distinct, bright, geometric visuals that catch anybody's eye if they even walk by. Cho no Tobu Shisu by TK for, uh, TK for Pet. The visuals and song tie into the psychotic nature of almost every character on the show, especially the screams for help, countered by like the tranquility of it sounds like dripping water, which water is a big theme in that show. And if only for strength of song, Lion by Amy Sakaguchi for Smile Down the Runway. Because this song screams like shonen fighting against the odds and overco- overcoming, even though you probably don't deserve it. And I love the distinct sound of like garage rock, uh, like pop rock from Japan. I mean, all you have to do is listen to the Peggy's from last year. It was like our favorite song of the season. So with all that said and done, I got to go. I got to agree. It's easy. Or, or, did you say Easy Breezy by Chemical? Easy Breezy was my first choice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got to go with Easy Breezy by Chemical. It just ties everything together, and the song's so much fun and upbeat. And yes, I've been listening to it nonstop <laughs> forever. All right, best ED. We've got Invaded. From Invaded, we have Other Side by Miyave. Uh, from Inspector, we have Last Dance by Mamoro Miyano. From Keep Your Hands Off Izuken, we have Namae no Nae Ao by Kamisama Boku wa Kizute Shimata. It's a long name for a band. My Hero Academia Season 4 Part 1, we have A Battle Voyage by Sayuri. From Pets, we have Image by Nemai Siren. And Toilet Bound Hanako-kun, we have Tiny Light by Atari Kitio. I have uh, Inspector as Bessie D, if only because I really love kind of uh, jazzy, upbeat OP and EDs, and it, it really serves well. Very good song. I, I had a problem with that. I didn't like the visuals. I thought the visuals, they didn't look like they could dance in the visuals. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, the visuals weren't weren't great. I, I kind of sold it. Right? They looked like, they almost looked spastic, like, like I don't know, like stick figures yeah, trying to dance. Yeah, I agree. I got to go with Keep Your Hands Off Izuken again with uh, Name no Nai Ao by Kamisama Boku wa Kizurute Shimata. I love that song, man. I, I love everything about this show. It's a, it's a shame I'm giving away what my show of the year is already, but go ahead. All right, memorable scene. <clears throat> Here we go. From Babylon, we got I, Magase murdering and dismembering uh, the partner. From Beastars, we got the chicken girl being proud of her eggs. From Blade of the Immortal, we got that fucking gang rape scene. Uh, from uh, Keep Your Hands Off Izuken, we have two. We have the finished robot anime and the pitch to the student council. And from Smile Down the Runway, we, uh, runway, we have Ikuto's mom finally crying. Yeah. I actually have uh, I, Magase, murdering and disemboweling um, the partner because it's the one that I can 
when I'm reading down the list, I can picture in my head right off the bat. And up until that moment, it was such a kind of jarring experience and it was very like eye opening. And you're like, oh shit, this is what the show is, I guess. And it was, uh, I guess, traumatic. It stuck with me. So that's the most memorable scene for me. It's funny that I, I, people that are listening, I don't usually text Frank spoilers or anything about the podcast before we talk about it on air, just to keep it like fresh. And when this happens, I watch the episode and I text him, Oh fuck. <laughs> did you watch that? episode?" But I got to go with the blade of the immortal gang rape scene. Fuck that fucking, it, like I couldn't watch that show the same. Not that I was meant to. I, that fucking shit was disgusting. There was bodily fluids. Like there was hey, fuck that fucking episode. All right. Best episode of 2020 winner winner that's where we're at so babylon episode number seven the most evil that's the episode we just talked about with that scene we have blade of the immortal number 10 it the episode name is animal it's when uh ray is trying to cross the wall keep your hands off izugan episode four hold that machete tight keep your hands off izugan episode eight the grand she bahama festival my hero academia season four episode 11 which we didn't talk about this the lamillion episode we hadn't mentioned it in the list. It's the one where uh, Lemillion and is fighting against Overhaul, and Deku comes to the rescue. And then we have Smile Down the Runway, episode, uh, episode 11, called The Promise. Frank, which one I have your Keep Your Hands Off, Izuken, Episode 8, The Grand uh, Shibama Festival. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really liked that they included the various clubs, like the Robot Club, and how the one guy's just running around the whole time to keep everybody distracted. Uh, it was just a great episode. Just a lot of fun. I completely agree. I have nothing else to add to that. Yes, that episode was amazing. All right, so... It's time for the Midnight Occult Civil Servants Award, chosen as the most mediocre mediocre example of mediocrity that anime can have. Frank, what do you got? I actually have Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun. Okay. Uh, for me, it just didn't really do anything. I can see the appeal for it, um, but it was right down the middle. There was, it, it was just fine. It was fine for me. That's okay. <laughs> that's that's the that's the description of me for the mediocre. In a nutshell, mine, yeah. yeah. Mine was asteroid in love. It was so uh, boring. Yeah, it was. It... All right, so best show of spring or so. What what month? No, are we in? yeah, it's winter. We're well, we're, we're in, in spring, but Season. we're reviewing winter. Right. We're working. We're, we're working on a two-hour episode. I'm losing my uh, voice. So best show of winter 2020. In our opinion, we'll start with it's Frank. Keep Go your ahead. hands off, Izukin. Yeah, it's a runaway. I think. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, I didn't have like really anything negative to say about it in my review, so that's why it's the best show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I can do an entire episode just on this show and how great it is and how important I think it'll be in the future and how it should inspire kids to keep trying and keep drawing and keep going after your dreams because you'll get them. Maybe we don't know. <laughs> Yes, maybe. We don't know. So, Frank, if you were to do your final rankings, you could start from the top. Just run down sure. them real quick. Keep your hands off, Izukin. Welcome to Demon School, Arumakun. Smile Down the Runway, Beastars, My Hero Academia Season 4, Id Invaded, 
Inspector, I have uh, Arua Nosora, Toilet Bound, Hanukukan, Bufori, I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense, Somali in the Forest Spirit, Pet, Babylon, Blade of the Immortal, Asteroid in Love, 22 by 7. And then uh, not, av- not available to me was Interspecies, or the case files of Julia Richard. Wait, twenty two seven. I thought you only gave that Mox. I, you gave that. I'm canceling my. I gave that. I gave that. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Yeah, I put it as Mox, not for me. I guess I just didn't. I didn't like it. I'll switch it. Asteroids in Love is at the bottom. Both of them are interchangeable okay, for I'm me. Just, That's a I'm good call out. For yes, for consistency. For consistency, you better flip I flipped those out. All right. <laughs> All right. So real quick, I'll go through mine. Keep your hands off Izukin, then B stars. Smile down the runway. Pets. Welcome to Demon School, Rumakun. Inspector. My Hero Academia Season 4. 22-7. Before he... I don't want to get hurt. So I'll max out my defense. It invaded. Asteroid in love. Some Somali in the forest spirit. Toilet bound. Hanako. <laughs> Blade of the Immortal. And then last, Babylon. There it is. There There's it our is. list. And all its glory. Yep. And we're right back at it next week because next week is our spring 2020 selection show where we draft our official Nutaku watch along list. How many first episodes have you watched so far? I haven't watched. I don't think I've watched anything yet. I was too busy trying to catch up with everything. God, you better stay on top of it this time. If we have anything else going on, we're in quarantine. It's true. I've watched everything except for there's two shows that haven't been released yet. Uh, Apare Raman, I think that comes out on Thursday morning, and Kaguya-sama Love's Work uh, premieres next Monday morning. So hopefully that will be out before we record. Uh, but I don't think we really need to because Kaguya-sama Love's Work is an automatic selection. But we'll go over all that next week. Uh, automatic selections aside, no spoilers. We already have a few bangers this season, and I've only watched one episode. Ooh. All right, all right. So we'll talk about it next Monday for our big uh, spring selection show. And I think we'll reveal our giveaway item next week, Frank. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm losing my voice, so let's <laughs> okay. wrap this up now. Thanks for joining us this week. Once again, please listen uh, listen to us. Yes, please, definitely listen to us. Please share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NutakuCast. Send us questions and show requests. Our email is nutaku2019 at gmail.com, and we'll talk about them on the air. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And please subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm, I'm Jim. And gumbate, y'all. Gumbate, y'all.